Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Dark Side of the Word, a weekly podcast for all the dark story lovers out there. I'm here with my, wait for it, wait for it, generous co-host CJ. Generous. Okay, that's that's a nice adjective to use. Kate, who did not introduce herself. <laughs> I know, I need to add this in. For our listeners, <laughs> you need to remind yourself I, of your own name. <laughs> I have started writing scripts. To be more, that was my goal this year for the podcast. I love it. It's great. But I keep forgetting to change it to say, like, I'm Kate and I'm here (laughs) because I just read it. It's okay. (laughs) And I'm like, great. Okay. You would think you could ad lib in your own name, but no, that's okay. I can't either. No. I I too have a (laughs) script and I I don't have to worry about introducing myself because you do it for me. So I have the easy part. And I'm doing it right now. now. So if you hear of me, Clacking and clicking. I just added my name, so it will not happen again. I see like the blank gaze as you're typing. And I'm like, uh oh, she's changing the script now. Okay. <laughs> well, today is the third Thursday of the month, which means that we get to talk about our industry trend or writing technique, whatever kind of floats our boat for the moment. And I would like to consider that this is technically still the beginning of the year. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that February is almost over. And so I thought, well, we both thought in our discussion of what we should do as our topic uh, for this month would be to do what can advice can we give to bolster other creatives out there? And granted, this might be a little bit more geared toward writers, but I think that all creatives can get something out of this. Mm. And especially with the beginning of the year, maybe we still have our word gone out of head new year's resolutions thank you yes new year's resolutions this is why cj's here the resolutions (laughs) are the words out of your head because all our resolutions are now dead it's february we just gave up true but if people still are on it because they're superheroes (laughs) Mm. or they're veterans and are beginning to feel burnt out we thought this could be a good like passing the baton of what we've learned since i don't know i guess i've been doing this for almost eight years Writing, you mean? Eight years? Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing it for, what's, 18 plus six years? Six years. I'm bad at math. Six years. It's okay. So, I mean, granted, I know we've written, but like, serious, we're doing something with this writing. Yeah. Because I started in 2016, but like the end of 2016. Mm -hmm. Like November. Because I I did NaNoWriMo. That's what got me. Okay. (sighs) The one and only time in the history books of Kate doing NaNoWriMo. And if you're curious about NaNoWriMo or want to know our thoughts, there's a whole episode on it. There is. Okay? There is. (laughs) Just scroll down. It's from November, in case you were curious. Yeah, I I would never have thought it was in November. I just thought I'd point that out, because some people are a little slow on the uptake sometimes, like myself. And I, hopefully CJ won't kill me for this, but Uh I feel that. Today is the perfect day to actually talk about staying sane. Since this morning you were feeling really down yes. and out about the creative journey, and we had to have a little talk. Yes. Um, but that leads to my question: like, how important is it to stay sane, CJ? I mean, I mean, staying sane in general is important to get through life. But I feel like, you know, as a creative, getting into the creative world is very addictive. You know, you start one project and then you see another and you think yeah that might be fun to do too I could handle that too and then that happens again and again and before you know it you're trying to juggle five things at once you know right now I work a full-time nine-to-five job on top of that I'm writing a new novel I'm querying another novel I'm possibly starting to write another book 
running a book review and recipe blog, marketing and promoting said blog, and co-hosting a podcast. Six years ago, I wasn't doing any of this. Was I a lot more bored? Yes. Was I a lot less frazzled and exhausted? Yes. Living an immersive creative lifestyle has absolutely taken a toll on me, and some days it's more than I can handle. So yes, finding a way to stay sane, to stay focused, to stay grounded, and to remember to take breaks is super important to avoid burnout. Because I feel like you will get burnout eventually, no matter what you're doing, but I guess you're trying to avoid burnout in quick succession. Um, so like how often it happens and how hard you burn out is really what you want to focus on managing when you stay sane. Yeah, don't be me where my body forces me to take breaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that the theme, though I don't like this, but the theme that we tend to see with writing creatives in particular are the people who make it and finally get like the publishing deal or this are the people that didn't give up. Yes. And the, po- the only way to not give up is to not give is up. To stay sane. <laughs> and to stay sane while doing it. They never admit to actually staying sane while they have not given up. They could have totally relinquished their sanity in their course on not giving up. They never addressed that part. So now I'm curious. So maybe, maybe sane is the wrong word. We're just <laughs> playing with the definition of sane, but more of just like keeping your head in the game giving you coping not mechanisms that are not coping. alcohol or drugs or things like that healthy coping mechanisms i just listened to this insane podcast yesterday uh interview with an author i don't remember the author's name i'm sorry but she was talking about how she wrote this book in five weeks where she literally pretty much drank herself oh goodness to sleep every night like oh. to cope with doing all this. i don't know it didn't sound healthy, and she yeah. even admitted it. But yeah. it, drinking was a big part of it. So, yeah, no. The, we're going to give you guys all ideas yeah. that are healthy, right? I, mean, I, think, I think they're healthy. I think they're healthy. healthy. They're not drugs. Okay. They're not drinking. They're not colloidal silver. So, all healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we have some advice. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I thought we could do like one at a time. Okay. Give, you know, you do one, I do one. Insert the advertisements in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to have you kick it off. Okay. I have four. I don't know how many you have. I have one, two, (laughs) three, four, five-ish, but they're all kind of like piggybacking on what you're saying too. I only have one that's original and that is, well, I will save that as a surprise. Oh, cool. Everyone keep listening. There's going to be a surprise. (laughs) Okay, then I will start. My first piece of advice for everyone, and I think almost that this is probably the most important. Uh, I have already alluded to this because CJ and I had a little chat this morning. But it's finding a creative buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Really... Having, I'm just going to go on a little rant here. Having CJ in my life has completely changed the entire experience of writing. I would agree and, about Kate. Oh, thank you. Oh, you know, it's going to be mushy. We're going to be mushy. <laughs> but really, in, but in all honesty, I'm not kidding. Having someone when you're crying and you feel like a failure and no one can see you, you have your buddy who sees you. Yeah. In all honesty, they see you. But in the scheme of like picking a buddy, you have to find someone that you trust wholeheartedly. Someone that you can tell the darkest secrets to, that you can honestly open up about how you feel about your journey and what's happening, and knowing that they will be there for you. 
they will pick you back up off the floor when you're dead. And you can do the same for them. It's a give and take. Sometimes I'm down and CJ picks me up. Sometimes she's down and I Mm -hmm. pick her up. So it's definitely a give and take. It's a life raft for each other. Preferably, you want to find someone in your field. And I'm not saying genres Mm, because I'm just saying if you're a painter, find a fellow painter. If you're graphic designer find a graphic designer if you're a writer find a writer cj and i very much do not write in the same genres correct we absolutely do not we have a common genre love which i think helps a lot yeah so we both love horror and suspenseful books mm-hmm. and dark books and i think and that trashy does help rom-coms every now and then very true <laughs> we go on our trashy rom-com kicks 100 mm-hmm. percent. so we have relatability as you can see on the podcast by us you know talking about the book club book every month yeah so you see that, but we do not write the same. No. But you need to be able to enjoy each other's genre, though. You have to respect each other's writing style, too. Because yes. if you don't respect them as a writer, and you may not. There's a lot of people out there you know, who could be great writers that other people love, but you just don't relate to them. You don't feel that they understand you, you understand them. And if that, like you said, that trust and that respect is not there, it's not going to be a great working relationship. No, exactly. And I think that... We've been friends for a while now, and it took us time to get to this really comfortable place with each other because, you know, we've had hot conversations. We've given each other feedback and been like, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When you first gave me my feedback about the deserted, I, I couldn't, I was depressed for three weeks. Not because you said anything wrong or bad. You were a hundred percent spot on, but it was a swift kick in the ass that I needed. And you know what? It made me better, but it was still really hard hearing or reading those words, you know, because I knew they were true, but it was because I respect you and I really value your opinion that we were able to still have a friendship and a working relationship after that (laughs) yeah and to build on that for two things one again that's the trust we trust each other so well that we know the only the other person is only going to say these things for our utmost good they're trying to make us the best versions of ourselves and two we do have rules in place when we switch to like that beta reading alpha read whatever for each other we don't communicate about the book yeah you know, I, unless it's a question that we need clarifying. Like, I don't like, I've asked her like, oh, what, what specific genre is your book mm-hmm. actually? Yeah. Or little things like that. We, we radio silent on anything book related at the time until the email sent. And then we know that the person doesn't have to get back to us and thank us or tell us anything. It's like they can yeah. have I, time with what the other person said. I think that's really important to building any kind of critique partner relationship or any time, but even beta reader relationship. I do that with my beta readers too, because I'm friendly with them as well. And I want us to be able to have that friendship and talk about things without having the pressure of the work relationship. So I'll say to them, you know, as you read this email from right now, we're instituting the policy that we will not discuss my book. I will not expect you to comment on my book. I will not be waiting for anything. You know, if you text me about tea tomorrow afternoon, I'm not going to be waiting for you to give me some kind of compliment about my book or some critique about it until you give me your written critique and, you know, our, and our agreed upon deadline. And that really works for, for me and for the people I work with. And the last part about a comment I want to make about having a creative buddy that you work with is if you've been listening to our writing updates, <laughs> CJ is, is in a very, okay, I'm going to reword that. CJ is in an extremely better place than me. <laughs> I can't. I wouldn't say journey. better, different, different. Okay, you've got full requests. <laughs> 
I've got I've got about seventy I've got uh, none. denials as well, my friend. I've got none. Anyways, it's jealousy. In our two parallel paths, she's further along than I am. And I'm not going to lie. I went through a period where I was extremely jealous. And I'm heartbroken over that. And I have profusely apologized to CJ. She does not need to. But, well, I had to do it for myself then. I'm jealous. I mean, I'm selfish, okay? (laughs) But just realize that when you have a creative buddy, that creative buddy's success is also your success. Because you also don't know... What could happen out of her creative journey that sucks you into it too? That's true. Or you know, if the, if CJ got published tomorrow, this podcast would probably blow up, and then that really helps me. So, <laughs> just know that each other's success is each other's success, yeah. and don't let jealousy destroy the relationship. Let it. Yeah. You really just have to be so happy for the person. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I really fucked up at one point, but I've gone to this place where I have nothing but the utmost happiness for CJ every time she tells me news and it's weird it's like a fun place to be in and it's so authentic (laughs) and you know honestly a little a little jealousy is never a bad thing because it pushes the person to be better to do better you see somebody else succeeding you're a little jealous you're like I want that you know what I can achieve that why aren't I doing it I'm gonna push a little harder so I think a little bit is always a good thing because it pushes us to be better to do better and be better writers and that in turn will help you know your your critique partner be a better writer too you're not competing with each other but you are always pushing each other forward so don't don't be like i can never be jealous of anybody because that's not just never going to happen it's not realistic it's a tough world and people get ahead of you if people fall behind you but you like you said you have to just find your way to make your peace with it for the most part and just be happy for each other and support each other i think for me i am jealous of other writers i'm definitely jealous of other writers <laughs> So I, I do want to side tangent this a little bit because I feel that everyone's sitting here in bated breath hearing about us talk about being each other's creative buddies. However, they're probably like, well, how did you meet each other? Oh, that's true. That's true. I know. And I wish I could honestly provide helpful, like, this is how you look for a creative buddy. But we have the whole, if the butterfly wings didn't flap in, mm-hmm. in Asia at this point in time, we never would have coincided but I believe, correct me if I'm wrong in this story. Okay, because mm-hmm. again, we've been friends for so long. It's so, so long. <laughs> but we ended up both doing a writing challenge on Instagram, yes. correct? correct. It was like a 30-day thing or mm-hmm. something. Because I don't think it was the challenge where you wrote something and won a prize, correct? That was a, something different. I no, did. I think it was just like okay. meet the writer or something. Something very simple. Yeah. Okay. And so we ended up like following each other. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember if it was a prompt from the challenge or just one day I was bemoaning and crying because of another life story where I lost a writing buddy. Very, mm. okay, this is going to sound bad, but like in a positive way, I lost the person for like mental health reasons. I think it was a really you good thing that You cut them loose from your life. Not, not by choice. <laughs> it was forced on me. You but embraced anyway, the, the cutting is- loose in your life. I was bemoaning that loss and feeling really like in a dark place, not seeing where my journey was going. So I can't remember if it was part of the challenge or if I just it was one of those mm. dark days that I posted about a CP partner. It was also probably when Adrian Young was just going on and on about her best friend Kristen Dwyer and oh their relationship and I send her chapters every day and oh bleh. anywho. Don't remember that, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> but I I remember specifically though that I did a post on Instagram talking about 
CP partners and how I wanted one or something and how I was really upset and sad and I needed a buddy. And then CJ just poked her little head in with her little like <laughs> raised up hand. It's like, hi, well, I don't have a buddy. But I want a buddy. Will you be my buddy? Let's, let's date and each other as buddies and see if yes. we're dateable buddy material. And we took a chance on each other mm-hmm. and we did it and now we're here. Yeah. I remember so, I don't remember meeting you, you know, online. I just remember you being there one day, yeah. but I very clearly remember reading your pages. I was sitting, it was like the beginning of spring, I think, or maybe it was fall. Well, so I don't clearly that remember it. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember sitting there and reading your pages and it was the first three chapters of Praises. And I was like, holy fuck, this shit is good. This this woman is a good writer and I want to work with her. And I just Aww. got such strong, amazing vibes. And, and and here we are. And I was just I was just praying that like you would feel the same way about my writing. I'm like, I like her writing, but what if she hates my writing? And I was terrified. And I, and I remember that when you reached out. You're like, oh my God, I'm so scared to send you pages. I'm like, no, 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 give them to me. Because your writing just blew me away. And I could just tell that this this was going to be something good. This is going to be something. So we got really lucky with that. But it's hard yes. to get that lucky. You know, my other writing group that I have, I did do the workshop through the writing circle workshop and we just all really hit it off with each other and we're not as friendly as Kate and I are we haven't really crossed that boundary and I don't know if we will or not and that's okay you don't need to always be best friends with the people that you work in a professional way with um but that works for us too and we we champion each other and we're really honest with each other's work and it's really helpful to have that support group and you know those creative voices in there along with Kate so I'm very lucky to have a larger group that I've made over the coming past years exactly you don't just need one creative buddy you can have like a group and then a a very close one and so I guess our advice if you're looking for one is just put yourself out there Mm -hmm. make a post on Instagram join a group like CJ did because she signed up for that critique class Whatever you want to do, just kind of poke your nose into a writing community and just see what happens. But just know that, like, just take a chance on yourself. Yeah. And just to add that I was super against joining any kind of writing workshop before I actually joined the one I did. I wrote a blog post on it on wellertart.com because the experience just blew me away. I went into it thinking, what the hell am I going to get from this, from other writers? I just want a professional, a published author to read and critique my work. And it just gave me so much more than I ever anticipated. So if you're, you know, a snobby little brat like I was and you think you can't get anything from it, give it another shot because there's there's so much out there and you never know where you're going to find your good friends and your good critique partners or even your beta readers and just give it a shot. Take a chance. And I just want to also add as a final thing, we probably need to go to our next topic because mm-hmm. we've been bemoaning about this for so long. <laughs> Just don't forget, you can also, like, break up with your creative buddies. Like, take a chance, but don't think you have to stick with them because I've had multiple creative buddies and things have fizzled out. We didn't click like I thought. So just know, trial and error. Don't feel bad if it doesn't work with the first one. Don't feel like you have to stay around. It's like dating. You're dating with with writing people or creative people. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> all right you're up woman okay well i am i'm gonna take one of the things that you had on yours because i thought it was a really good one um which is rude rude sorry sorry um so uh, something that's really helpful is making 
or keeping people in your life who have the same belief systems as you. You know, when you're, you start embarking on a creative adventure, not everyone is going to support you. They're just not. It's not saying that the people are good or bad friends or good or bad people. It's just saying that not everybody is going to understand what you're doing and why. And some people may try to talk you out of it and others may simply just not care to hear about it. And it's really going to surprise you who those people turn out to be. And things can change over time, but, you know, there are people in my life I would call good friends who rarely ask me how my writing is going or how the blog is going or that even know I have a podcast. People don't even know I have a podcast. I still consider them to be great people and really good friends, but over the years I've learned who I should share my hopes and my dreams with and who to avoid exposing my vulnerabilities to when it comes to my writing and my dreams because... Um, that's another reason why it's so important to make friends with other writers and artists and other creative people like we were talking about with your creative buddies because again those people are just really going to understand what you're going through and I completely thought, forgot where I was going to go with the rest of the sentence. <laughs> it's because you stole this idea. It is because me. I stole the idea. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just well, agreed with you so much because you had such brilliant topics. That's it. Oh, I didn't have you. to think for myself. It's just the me train. Let me just inflate this ego even more. <laughs> um, I, I, I also want to remind people, because this is something I really struggled with, the idea of having a close-knit group that you feel safe with, is the idea of being feeling convoluted, like over-bolstering this pipe dream in your head that you have, that you're going to achieve this stuff. So it's like, well, I need to stay grounded in reality of what's happening and what's going on, and that's bullshit. You don't need mm-hmm. the hard truths about things at times. We all, yeah. we're going to find them out eventually. But when a dream's a dream, you don't need to go tell the person that has, com- like, say, has completely failed in all their dreams. And you're like, I have this huge pipe dream I want to do. And they're just like, rah, 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 go get a real job. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. As an example, it, I think this also came home when we did the manifesting with the Gabby challenge as well, because she was talking very specifically. And her example had been like, if you're trying to have a baby, mm. she used baby eels a lot in she her does. example. But if you're trying to have a baby and you're doing all this work, don't go to the friend who like doesn't like kids or is yes. struggling to have baby because they're going to naysay the entire experience. And it's not about making sure you know the truth and you're not getting convoluted in the idea and over, you know, bolstering yourself about it. But why tell the person that's automatically going to be negative about it? Yeah. And the same specifically goes with social media as well. I personally think that social media can be a really positive and great place. But it's our job to make it that way. And that mm-hmm. means don't hate follow people. Okay. Do people do that? Um, yes. And I did it for one person for a while until I finally okay. realized it, grew up. Well, good for you. Them. Big move. Good for you. But I think it's very important to curate a feed and a, a group of people on the internet that really, you know, you have me. You can have a couple of people that you're a little jealous of. I have a few authors. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm striving for. This is what I want to work They're for. They're aspirational. Yeah. You need your aspirational people. You need your other people in the trenches with you that mm-hmm. understand. But you need to be able to go on social media and see a, a feed of things that bolster you and make you feel included and that you, you know, you're safe with. And it's so important that you just keep with this really good safe group so that you can keep the mentality of go, you know, going forward and going forward and going forward. But yeah. I'm trying to like read my notes because you totally stole it. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I scrolled down to my notes and I do have an original thing to say. Oh, wait. So. Did you steal all of mine? I, I didn't steal. I simply piggybacked upon many of your suggestions. <laughs> But I found one that I I came up with myself. I'm very proud. 
But do we have anything else about sane groups? And I'm not saying that you can't share. Like if someone asks you about how your journey is going, mm-hmm. share what you feel that you can share. You know, I don't believe in the whole to shut them down. I don't want to talk to you about it yeah. because I don't feel like I don't like that approach. But just know, have prepackaged thoughts in your head of, okay, this level of person, I can tell them this much. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go into straight detail, but I'll just be like, yeah, it's going great. Thank you so much for asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a simple answer. Uh, I think sometimes our partners are weird. Like, we can't get rid of them out of our group, so we got to, like, work with them <laughs> on it. <laughs> Thank God you and I both have understanding yeah, partners. Totally. totally. <laughs> that, that is huge. Having a supportive romantic life partner is probably the best way to stay sane because that's what grounds you they can be a creative buddy they can be a sounding board they're a therapist they're just your friend and you know if they're a good partner they always have your back and they're always your champion even when you're not your own champion and hopefully everybody listening there has that but if you don't I hope you find that person and I'm sure you will it just takes time your partner should be like the same rules as your creative buddy okay yeah but remember how I said supportive? Not entirely understanding. <laughs> they don't get it out there. Yeah. They think we're crazy. They think we're batshit crazy. They don't understand why we put ourselves through all this. And half the time when my partner reads my book, he's just like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, it's great. It's fine. Sounds great. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll skip down to my next one. Which well, I guess is number three for us if you're okay. following along to like break up the segments, but an outlet to quiet your mind is my next sane one. This can be crazy. I, I think it's very different. It's at, more personal than comedy <laughs> about finding what quiets your mind. I know for CJ and I, it's also what came up in our conversation this morning when you're having a bad day is we really are focusing and leaning into the manifesting side of the world. When we're starting it down and we start feeling that things are becoming too much, we kind of lean into those yes statements or whatever is making us feel like we can do this, we can achieve it. So you want to have like something that quiet your, quiets your mind and gives you like the superpower, you know, feeling your head. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're not down in the dumps anymore. It could be meditation. It could be an activity you do every time that you feel down. I know for a lot, writing was really hard for me and it not always put me in a great place doesn't help that I write really dark depressing books Mm -hmm. and one of the things rituals I got into is I really I had to work out as soon as I was done writing and to get myself back into my body and that was one of the things that helped quiet my mind when I was done writing it helped me get into the rest of the day so I could leave that part of the day behind me and be able to live like a normal human being (laughs) but you definitely want to make sure whether it's just quiet your mind on a daily basis because the stress and everything is too much for you or you kind of get lost in your head from whatever creative pursuit you're taking. Find a way to quiet your mind and say, night, night now. You're that side's <laughs> done for a moment. Yeah, I would agree. For me, I need to be physically active in order to quiet my mind. So the two things I do is that I go for hour-long walks, and I take usually an hour-long Zumba class a few times a week. You know, when I do Zumba, which is a very cardio-intense dancing exercise, Um, All my mind has to do is remember dance steps. That's it. And it's wonderfully freeing. That's all I can concentrate on. And it just really helps wipe my mind clean. Plus, the adrenaline boost is amazing. As Elwood said, exercising gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands or, you know, go crazy being writers. So that is helpful. And then walking does the same thing for me, though it's on a less intense level. Usually I listen to a podcast when I'm walking. I love getting outside, stretching my limbs, embracing nature and fresh air. And if it's 
really cold out, that's even better for me because that sharpness just hits my brain and gives me a kind of clarity that I really need and can't get when it's kind of humid and muggy out. Um, so yeah, those are those are definitely two things that I like to do, walking and Zumba, but I absolutely have to be physically active in order to get my mind to quiet down. I have been playing with this great thing of realizing I believe that I have ADHD, <laughs> <laughs> which is a whole long story of a wake-up call one day when I was like, oh yeah, I think I had ADHD as a kid, and my friend goes, or and I was like, I think I got rid of it, and my friend goes, no, you just learned how to mask it to, for survival. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, I went to the gym last night, and I could not believe how much moving my body shut my mind off. Yeah. It freaked me out in, like, a really good way. Yeah. But I was done, and I was like, holy shit, my mind's quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so on top of quieting your mind, I'm really going to, like, add a caveat to all this. of Keep yourself physically active. It's not just good for your health since our, our asses are in the chair all the fucking time. Seriously, get a standing desk, too. <laughs> yeah. But so it's healthy. But I, I honestly think as creatives, we need like that ability to shut off our minds at time and let everything ruminate in its own house of horrors in the back of the brain. And honestly, <laughs> fucking moving the body is the only way for me. Yeah. But again, find your own. But maybe move too. Well, if you look at a lot of <laughs> retreats, like writing retreats, artist retreats, there's always some kind of physical activity. There's yoga or there's a, a group walk or sometimes they even have, you know, exercise classes. There's always something to get you out of your seat, out of your own mind and get you into nature and get you moving because it is really so imperative to keeping you sane. You never know when the idea will pop into your head too. You a know, lot of ideas. Moments. Yeah, definitely have come from you're clearing a away the shit yeah. out of your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, maybe this is why all the writing retreats go to pretty places because they need a pretty place to walk. Yeah, definitely. So maybe when I fi- finally own that castle in Ireland, you know, we'll hold those. I'm coming. <laughs> Before we continue on with the rest of our great, amazing advice for you all on mm-hmm. how to stay sane, I just want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, which today's episode is sponsored by a well-read tart. Are you tired of the book Hangover and wish that you could live in the story a little longer? Do you like to cook or bake? Well, it's time for you to check out A Well-Read Tart, the blog where you can read book reviews and find delicious recipes inspired by each story. Whether it's a decadent dessert or a scrumptious dinner, you'll be able to relive your favorite book all over again. Visit the blog to search for a recipe you'll love, then check out its corresponding book review. Or you can read CJ's thoughts on that new bestseller you've been eyeing up, then click on the recipe inspired by that story. Either way, visit www.wellreadtart.com or our show notes and let a well-read tart inspire you in the kitchen and the library. Also, I just want to say that developmental editing is a huge part of the book publishing process. It helps your story to be fully fleshed out, checks for story and character arcs, catches story areas that you may have missed, and polishes your story so that readers will rave about your plot. Many self-published writers skip this step because they don't understand how vital it is or the exorbitant prices turn them away. However, this is an important step that all traditionally published authors must go through and can't be skipped. Kate, myself, who's talking from the dark side from this podcast. Wow, I don't know why I just read that <laughs> in a really bad way. Has reviewed many, I have reviewed many books for self-published authors that would have been amazing if they had been able to get their books developmentally edited, which is why me, Kate, wanted to help this year. After developmental, developmentally editing for years, I've decided to make my services more affordable. Full details for my pricing and services are available on the developmental editing page for the dark side of the word blog or use the link below in the show notes. Ta-da. Okay, friend, you get to start because I just did the last one. Okay. Um, so my next tip for 
staying sane or having a healthy coping mechanism is, you know, don't be afraid to walk away and take breaks. And I'm not talking about 15 minutes or 20 minutes. I'm talking about a prolonged break. Obviously, if you're livelihood and income depends on being a creative this is going to be a little bit more difficult but I think a lot of us unfortunately are not having this be our livelihood so you know you have to find the perks where you can and that is being able to take breaks so if you are feeling burnt out and like nothing is really you know jiving with you anymore or making sense and it's just all becoming a little too heavy take a day off take three days off take a week take a few weeks off last year I took a break from blogging between January and June I didn't plan it. It just happened. One day I woke up and I was like, you know what? I can't post on social media today. And then it happened the next day. And then I didn't schedule a blog post. And at first I was kind of spiraling. So I'm like, oh my God, I've done this for four years. What is happening to me? But I literally just couldn't do it anymore. And it wasn't because I didn't love it. It wasn't because I had started hating blogging. It was because I needed a break. And the only way I knew how to do it was to shut down. And I did it. And I got back to it in July or June of last year. And I'm, I feel better than ever because I allowed myself that break. And I'm really glad I did it. And I think that's something that a lot of people are afraid to do because you're going to lose, you are going to lose some followers. You are going to lose some momentum. Your stats are going to go down. That's just what happens when you stop generating content. But if it keeps you mentally healthy, it's completely worth it because you're never going to succeed if you've gone fucking bonkers, basically. <laughs> So this take is a, a break. Very C- this is a very CJ bit of advice. <laughs> I don't. And I work till my body tells me I'm done, which is why I took a two-year break from my <laughs> <laughs> And why my writing has kind of stalled. And yeah. yeah. So listen to her. Yeah. It's important. And listen and to your body. <laughs> you don't need to take the huge break CJ takes. No. As I say, you're waiting for more chapters. Anyway, <laughs> you can take like littler breaks more throughout the year mm-hmm. and just make sure you schedule them in yeah like i started when i was working really really well and like consistently um i took like a monday off every month mm. and i was just i called it my content day and i let myself binge like netflix all day which is great because i again as creatives in whatever <laughs> format you need to do you need to gobble that shit up mm-hmm. anyway but it was really great because it let me just like shut off for a day and if, you, if your life allows that, even if you're working full-time, pick a Saturday then. Yeah. But if your life allows it, like, I think this is not even just a creative piece of advice. I think that is also just a life advice. Like, yeah. I think everyone needs a PJ day once a week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, once a week. Once a month. <laughs> just once a week sounds good. I think once a week. We do a lot in our society. And, you know, in America, it's very much a hustle-hustle culture. And while I do hustle because I want to succeed I also hate that mentality of you have to just work all the time and just forget to live and forget to enjoy what you actually do have and I know that sounds very cliche but I find that that happens to me a lot that I don't just enjoy the moment you know this is I tell myself that while I'm querying it's a period of possibility anything can happen and once I get a book deal, that period of possibility will be over. I'll never have that again. Thank God, hopefully. But <laughs> it's still right now is a special time, too. And I want to enjoy all the possibilities that lay before me that I can see and that I can't see coming toward me. And I just need to slow down, take breaks, enjoy it, enjoy what I can, soak it in. I mean, it's already been studied and tested that four-day weeks actually increase productivity. Yeah. Sometimes the less 
time you give to your work, the more productive you can be. I have found that when I schedule an hour a full focus mm. for my writing. I get more done yeah. than if I had said, I'm going to take the whole day to write. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And yeah, I think that part of being an extremely successful creative and the manifesting journey we learned is to take the time for living life in the moment. You know, if it takes you 20 years to get published, don't waste those 20 yeah. <laughs> years not living life as well or be bemoaning this whole time. Because like CJ said, once you're published, you're going to like be on a strict schedule. Yeah. You're going to have expectations set on you by readers and publishers. You're not going to be this like free, wild creative that can just do whatever pops into their mind. Like you're going to be having to pitch book ideas in three books in a row, yeah. say, and you're going to have to stick to writing those three books in a row as you sent them in it's a job it becomes an actual job and right now you're kind of just hobbying or freelancing or side hustling without all the other crazy demands that will come with the lifestyle you're craving and you you know we all hope that once we get that book deal or once we become known or whatever it's going to be life-changing in a good way it could be life-changing in a bad way you never really exactly. know and not to be a downer about that but just enjoy what you have because you never know what's coming exactly on that note of hope <laughs> <laughs> on that note of hope maybe when you're taking your downtime you can do the next same object which i think is study your craft mm. i really enjoyed this part of my journey which was a lot of study i did a shit ton of studying which i think is a totally another podcast to talk about all the books we've studied to get to where we are mm. i i think that's a great topic for later so keep stay tuned friends i'm sure it will pop up now that I've said it. I need to read more <laughs> books in that case. <laughs> oh, maybe it's just a me podcast. <laughs> I will never solo podcast. <laughs> but I know we've read some of the same books. But yeah. study your crafts because the more you know, the more confident you can be. And you never know where you're going to get a nugget of wisdom. The blank phase. <laughs> what? Just me, my brain. It happens Blah. to all of us. I know. See, this is why you stay sane, friends. Okay. But when you're very strong and you feel very strong about your craft, not only can you know that you're putting your best foot forward, that when you're sitting at the table, you're doing the best writing or creative work that you can do, but when the naysayers come at you, you can also stand firm in the process that you're taking. Sometimes it can be studying the process. It can be studying the technique that you're doing. Whatever it is, take the time to make sure that you study your craft so that you can feel confident in what you're working on. Because one of the things that I really struggled with to staying seen as a writer, especially with like not hearing back from a lot of agents and stuff, is am I a good writer? And that's a constant playing. I know we all have that. We always second guess yeah. ourselves. But I know from the studies and what I've done and reading other people's work and comparison and all this stuff, I'm fucking good at what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stand on that soapbox, okay? And that has only come because of the amount of studying I've done in my craft, the amount of reading I've done of other people's work, the jobs I've done developmental editing, the jobs I've done now doing the pre-screening work for Publishers Weekly. Like, I know my skill and my quality, and I know that at some point someone will see it too, that I'm good. And that keeps me from spiraling into a really dark place where I'm just like, oh my God, am I never good? Am I shit? Am I never? No, I know I'm good. Yeah. Okay? And that is like a huge part of why I've stayed sane. Yeah. And it's not being 
you know, over prideful or egotistical to say, no, I'm good. It's just being honest. And I think not enough people are honest with themselves. There are people out there who can't write well. There are people mm-hmm. who can. And if you're one of them, you should own it because it's a gift to be able to write really well. And I agree, Kate, that you are an amazing writer. I think I'm a really good writer, you know? Yes. Oh, my God. Ghost children. <laughs> Is that the nickname for it? Am I allowed to it's say that? We just that call it a ghost children. Yeah, we're just okay. going to call it ghost children. Oh. And I... I, too, at the end of the day, like, I've done a lot to hone my craft and work at it and study it and read other people's works. And I am I the greatest writer in the world? Absolutely not. There's always going to be somebody better than me. There's going to be a lot of people who are better than me. But I know I'm fucking good. And like you said, one day yeah. somebody else is going to tell me that, too, and they're going to publish me. You just got to know your shit. And for me, I also – it took a long time to get here, and mm-hmm. I did a lot of beta reading beta readers for my work and I've gone through all this stuff of people reading it and I've gotten the same comment about my books from almost everyone and this really same like the same positive comment and that's when I started believing in myself because the thing is we're not talking about being convoluted and being too prideful we're talking about believing in yourself to know when you send out that query letter or whatever form you have to send out to in your creative field that you're putting something good out there and it's If they don't see it, that's their fault. You know, you're doing this. You're doing really good. I have vetted this as much as I could. I know I'm doing the best that I can. And someday I will be seen for it. Yeah. It's the it's the opposite of, of imposter syndrome. I, I hate imposter syndrome. I oh, do not yes. suffer from imposter syndrome. I know I am fucking good. I just need other people to realize that I am fucking good. <laughs> but I do not suffer in that way. I worry that I'll never get published sometimes because of a lot of different factors. But I know that my writing is good and that that's become unshakable over the years as i studied and worked on my craft and that is really important stand proud in your superhero pose you know stand proud and that is what's going to make you through honestly like if i had to and which i'm not putting this out there world but if i had to i know that i could self-publish my book and be fine like it will be well received Mm -hmm. i'm not worried about the average person reading my book but I go into that with my publishing mindset of that this will could be read by people, and that's what makes it possible. Yeah. Believe in yourself. <laughs> that's easier said than done. <laughs> now ask me about something else, and I'll be like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I used all that energy for a writing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I've drained every other tank. Like, ask me about, like, leaving the house, and I'm like, well, yeah, I can't right. do that. <laughs> Did I make, did I turn off the stove? I've checked it five times, but I don't really know. I should believe in what I'm telling myself, but no, I don't. Oh, you don't even believe the mental mind books I have to play with myself to make sure I know that I turned off the stove. Yeah, seriously. All right, your turn. Um, I think actually we hit them all because I realized my last really? one was tied into the one I just did about taking breaks. I was okay, just going to say cool. that I, it's hard to stay sane and have coping mechanisms I feel like when you have a nine to five job and you do all this creative Mm -hmm. stuff on the side and that's something um continually trying to cope with and find a a peaceful place with because a lot of the times I am bitter about the fact that my day job takes up so much of my time you know do I like the salary and health benefits it gives me yeah you bet that's why I still have that job but I am resentful that it takes away from time I could be writing or blogging or doing so many other things that go along with the creative lifestyle. So if anybody knows of a good way to make peace with that while you're trying to 
build a different kind of life for yourself, please put it in the comments and let us know because I I need help with that. And that's something that I think I'm going to need help with all the time until I finally am able to quit my job and write full time. And building off of that, remember if you are a creative that is having to do the regular nine to five or whatever form of full-time employment, hmm. plus being creative, you are going to be burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. And you need to give yourself grace. You need to realize that if you can only write an hour every night, that's fine. Again, it's baby steps. It's the, Every day, it's putting that little bit of effort in, and one day you'll wake up and it's done. Yeah. And that can also be why CJ is very big about taking breaks, because she knows she's burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely am. I feel like my candle has like a 16-point candle or something, and they're all just a flame right now. <laughs> But that's, again, why we wanted to do a podcast about staying sane, so that if you're working, you can stay sane. And it's also about maybe finding something in your creative field that keeps you super motivated and happy. I think the podcast has turned that into for both of us. Yeah, definitely. It's something new and exciting that keeps me intrigued. Yeah, I think if we didn't even have a single listener, we'd still do this because it's kind of like event part for us as well. Definitely. And the other part is, is that remember that being staying sane in this entire journey is very very personal and what you may do how you achieve the ability to keep pushing forward could only work for you maybe and that's fine but just think about it put effort into finding it stay present in the moment don't listen to what other people have to say mm-hmm. especially do not listen to people that say that their way is the only way to yeah. do things okay that is wrong part of being a creative is the uniqueness of how we are creative yeah. you're not supposed to fit in a box yeah these are all That's suggestions. We, the only thing you should yes. really listen and take to heart is don't hurt others and don't hurt yourself. There you <laughs> exactly. <go. laughs> but this is why we burn Save the Cat. Yes. And the point of this is just to maybe jog an idea in your head. Yeah. Have a jumping off point. Oh, they like moving their body. Maybe I should take a walk here mm-hmm. or try this class or do yoga. Like, This is all about finding what works for you. And yep. that's the point of this. Yep. It's a personal journey. And a final stuff to wrap up the podcast today. I just want to remind everyone that book club this month is The House of Last Resort by Christopher Golden. We also do have an extra Thursday in this month, so it'll be out two weeks from today. Just remember, book club is always released the last Thursday of the month. Hopefully in the future, CJ and I will come up with ways to fill in the extra Thursday. We have some ideas in the works, so keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you still need to get your book for book club, don't forget that you can buy it through one of our bookshop.org affiliate links in the show notes. We won't judge you who you pick, but at no extra cost to you, we do get a small kickback that helps us to keep this podcast going as well as our other endeavors. But thank you for listening to Dark Side of the Word, a podcast for all the dark story lovers. If you're listening to us on YouTube, then please subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart. Make sure to follow us and check out our weekly polls and questions if you're listening on Spotify. We'd also love a review. Leaving a review on our page is the equivalent of tipping your waiter. Thank you so much. Bye, friends. Bye.